0: Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there. Plenty to get to ahead on today's episode of Locked on Cougars. Future scheduling for BYU football. Good news coming out of 2020, but also a while to wait if you want to see that good news come to fruition. We'll also continue on with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. Looking at 1938, the Cougars enter a new conference. How do they perform as part of the quote-unquote Big 7? We'll examine all that ahead as well as catching up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan on a Tuesday, including Harvey Longy getting his next opportunity in the NFL, back where it all started for him today's show is brought to you by our good friends with the locked on today podcast get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with locked on today host peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts follow the locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts all right without further ado let's get going here on a tuesday this is the locked on cougars podcast for may 11th 2021 What's up everybody? This is Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in my day job, and a big thank you once again for your continued support of this podcast, your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. If you haven't done so already, yet another reminder for you guys, hit that follow button wherever you're listening in from, whether it's the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or a myriad of other podcast providers, Google Podcasts and the like. Hit that follow button, join us every single day. Another easy way to listen to the show is to use your voice. Many of you have a smart device, whether it's a smartphone, a smart speaker, all you got to do is tell it, play podcast, Locked On Cougars, and magically, I'll be right there with you guys along for the ride when you're out running errands. No matter what you might be doing, you're just chilling around the house, killing some time. We aim to be your guys' one stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day. And a big thank you once again for your support of the podcast. As always, it's a blast to talk Cougar Sports every single day with y'all. All right, let's get going here on a Tuesday. A story I meant to get to late last week, but sometimes things get bogged down. We had our fan Friday, and I didn't get to this story, but it's still very much a pertinent story. And that is that BYU football coming out of 2020, we all know they lost. 10 of their original 12 games that were on the schedule. And the big question many of you asked me during the last season was, hey, Jake, is BYU going to reschedule those games? What do the contracts say? What's going to go into that? Well, the good news is at least two of them have been rescheduled. Some of you probably already saw this on the internet, reading stories about it. But BYU has rescheduled a game, home game, against Michigan State of the Big Ten for September 11th, 2032, to replace the game that was supposed to be played in 2020 in Provo. And Missouri will come to Provo on September 8th of 2035. Okay. The bad news is, yes, we are now, let's see, 11 years out from seeing BYU host Michigan State at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And Missouri, if I do the math right, 14 years from seeing that happen if you guys want an example of how far out this is I have a daughter and I love her to death she is four years old she's my oldest when Missouri reportedly is set to come to BYU in 2035 my daughter will be 18 years old and hopefully will be headed off to college that should give you some <laughs> just, that should give you some reference point on just how far out these games are I am a proponent, by the way, of the scheduling that BYU did during the 2020 season. I would love to see it more short-term stuff. Put it together the season of or the season before. I don't need this decade-plus out, and I don't hate the claims that, well, we need to do this because we have to do it. It doesn't need to be this way, folks. And I may be in the minority on this. I know I'm in the minority because college athletic directors continue to schedule games way out in advance. Uh, Funny enough, BYU actually already has games on those 2032 and 2035 schedules. BYU currently slated to host Army and Boise State in 2032. Also Stanford in 2035. Just absolutely incredible to think that BYU has games out to a point where, like I said, my daughter will be graduating high school and hopefully headed off to college. My son, who is two years old right now, he'll be 16. He'll be driving a vehicle by the time that game gets played against uh, Missouri. Just incredible to me. But the flip side of that, obviously the downside is you're going to have to wait a number of years to see BYU play those teams. The flip side of it is, I am actually quite impressed that these programs are holding up their end of the bargain. BYU has already played games at Michigan State and Missouri. They played Missouri in Kansas City, as many of you will recall. And the return games were these games that were supposed to be played in 2020. And it could have easily been, you know, Michigan State and Missouri said, okay, here's your check, BYU, for X dollar amount, and we'll just kind of call it good and move on with our lives. I'm actually very appreciative, and I tip my cap to Michigan State as well as Missouri for holding up their end of the bargain. Like I said, they easily could have just bought their way out of this, said, you know what? It was a force majeure. It's kind of a term we've all learned about during this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Things outside the control that you actually could control. It's kind of a a quote-unquote act of God. And you know what, I'm actually really impressed that these Power 5 programs think that, you know what, we're still playing BYU. We're still okay with this, and we're going to make it happen. So I'm hopeful that games like the Arizona State game for BYU can get back on the schedule. They had a great schedule in 2020. I just I hope that most of those Power 5 teams they had on the slate can come back on board obviously, excuse me, that's going to take a lot of negotiation. I'm sure some programs will say, you know what, we're not interested in this, but uh, you have Minnesota that was supposed to be on that schedule. BYU going to Minnesota against the Golden Gophers. Maybe that comes back onto the schedule at some point for BYU, but I actually really like the fact that BYU is putting these games back together. Now that brings up the topic this coming season. BYU has seven power five teams on the schedule, and it might be quite possibly the toughest season that BYU is facing to date they have power five games against arizona utah arizona state baylor washington state virginia and usc and they're littered throughout the season i know the first month is pretty much all power five you have arizona utah and arizona state in there but byu will have their work cut out for them and this team's got to be ready Many of these young men saw wild success during the 2020 season. There's no doubt about that, but there is still that caveat. And I know fair or unfair. BYU did not play a power five team in 2020 and really had their way with many of their opponents outside of coastal Carolina. So, The degree of difficulty really gets ratcheted up in 2021, and BYU will have to harken back to 2019. Obviously, upset wins over Tennessee and USC that were absolutely thrilling that season. And realize you know what? We've got to be a better team than we were in 2020, even though we were great. We've got to be even better than that if we want to win these games in 2021. But as I said, kind of the topic at hand here is I tip my cap to Michigan State and Missouri. I'm hopeful that more of those games will come back in terms of future scheduling. BYU hosts Arizona State this year. Maybe they'll make a return trip to make good on their deal with the Sun Devils, or maybe the ASU will just say, you know what? We'll play this one game and call it a day. I don't know what the prerogative Will be some, for some of these programs. But we've already seen what Michigan State and Missouri think of BYU. They think it's a valuable game. They want it on their slate and they've re-added it, even though, yes, it is over a decade out. But nonetheless, good news for BYU on that front. And I think it poses, or not poses, it forbears really good things for BYU moving on through the future. Uh, BYU now has 40 future matchups scheduled with Power 5 games foes through that 2035 season. I'm sure they'll add more and more as things go along. I know many of you out there probably are also thinking, well, Jake, what if the Big 12 comes calling in 2025? It is my opinion. This is my opinion. I don't have contracts in front of me. I don't have access to them, but it is my opinion that BYU has in many of these contracts, probably an opt-out when it comes to a potential Power 5 inclusion, if they were invited to the Big 12 or the Pac-12, whatever it might be. I think there are things built into those contracts, but I can't say that for sure on every single game. But the good news is, for however long BYU is independent, whether it's for the relatively short-term, or if it's a long-term deal where they just become embrace independence, which I think in many ways they should until things change, you know what? You're set up and you're scheduling really good opponents, and I am excited for it. I love the games that BYU plays each year, playing these Power 5 teams. gives you a glimpse at what big-time football is, and I'm not saying that BYU is not big-time. Let's be clear about that, but it's a chance to see a lot of big-time programs from around the country. You, as a fan, can travel to many of these storied venues, see BYU in action, and support your Cougars. How much fun is that? It would not happen if BYU was not an independent. They'd be locked into a conference where you'd still be going to a uh, set number of locales every single year as part of conference play. So I'm a fan of independence, but obviously there are advantages to being a member of the Power Five. And if that day comes for BYU, I would endorse them. I would really advocate for them to jump in wholeheartedly. But until that happens, keep scheduling up, keep scheduling good games and find good opponents. And allow me and the rest of you out there listening to this, go see some awesome venues and watch the Cougars in action. As well. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll get to our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown, talking about 1938, a new conference for BYU this year. We'll examine how they did in the new Big Seven Conference, aka the Mountain States Athletic Conference. That's all coming up in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at rockauto.com. It is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, guys. They want to make sure you guys are taken care of when it comes to your vehicles, whether it's your daily driver, you got a classic muscle car. They have hundreds of manufacturers with all the parts that every vehicle could ever need. And the best part, rock bottom prices. That's what we love about that. RockAuto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I just did it a few weeks ago, if some of you will recall. I had to replace the blinker on my vehicle. Real simple. Went and looked up my vehicle, found the right part for it, ordered it, and by the way, best part, shipped directly to my, excuse me, shipped directly to my door. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and even the prices that you prefer. Check it out, guys. Why have to pay up to twice as much when it comes to all the parts your car, truck, or SUV could ever need, and the best part is all the prices at rockauto.com are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, or in my case, very much a try-it-yourselfer. Give them a shot. Once again, go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck Right, locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you guys amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV could ever need. That's our good friends at rockauto.com. Continuing on with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown now here on the Locked On Cougars podcast, and let's talk about 1938 for the BYU football program. First thing, Eddie Kimball entered his second season as the head coach of the BYU football program, but he had a brand new conference to call home. It is the Mountain States Athletic Conference, and this was a conference that actually had been rumored in all the newspaper readings I had talked about or read about in the preparation for these different segments throughout the podcast. Since the late 1920s the quote-unquote what they called the big six had rumored to be considering opening or beginning their own conference when it came to college athletics well it took many many years but in 1938 ultimately came to fruition with the quote-unquote big seven charter members of the mountain states athletic conference consisted of byu colorado what was then colorado a&m aka colorado state as we know it today also denver utah Utah State and Wyoming the seven members of the Mountain States what eventually down the road became the Skyline Conference as some of you might know that name but nonetheless it was a conference that was built to have these programs that had a bigger endowment had a bigger reputation obviously playing the likes of Western State each year in conference playing the Rocky Mountain Conference probably didn't hold much weight eventually and BYU and the rest of their conference foes here in the Mountain States Athletic Conference decided you know what we need to form our own conference and Eddie Kim entered this conference with a very good record a year ago in the Rocky Mountain Conference, finishing second. Well, BYU very much was a tough out in this new conference. They finished the season 4-3-1, so that's not a gaudy record by any means, but it was good enough for second place in the newly formed conference. Utah won the conference with an overall record of 4-0-2 in conference play. BYU was 3-2-1 in conference play. The Utes 7-1-2 overall, BYU 4-3-1 overall. But the good news for BYU was they started the season on a very positive note. They opened the season against Arizona State Flagstaff, which we know, know as Northern Arizona, shutting out the Lumberjacks 19-0. Then they went to Denver to kick off conference play, winning that game 20 to nothing. So a great start to BYU season. Then came back home to take on Wyoming and beat the Cowboys 24-13. So at the outset of October, BYU was sitting at 3-0, then they went on October 15th to Utah for their annual rivalry game against Utah, held a 7-0 lead throughout the majority of the game, and then a late lateral play for Utah. BYU was unable to get to the running back, and the Utes score the game-tying touchdown BYU and Utah settled for a stalemate at 7-7, only the second time in program history since the BYU Cougars had begun football play once again. that The game had tied. They also had a 0-0 draw in 1928. BYU obviously would have liked to have that victory over the Utes. and There were some close calls in this run for BYU, but yet another season passes without the Cougars able to beat their rivals to the north. Then BYU's offense hit the skids in 1938. They Hosted Portland on October 22nd, lost that game six to three. We talked yesterday about BYU absolutely smoking Utah State fifty-four to ten yesterday. Well, Utah State came to Provo and won a game three to nothing in a game that BYU saw two touchdowns overturned due to penalty and were unable to get any scores on the board. So in back-to-back weeks, BYU has only scored a grand total of three points. Then they went to conference powerhouse Colorado, played in Boulder, lost that game eight to nothing. So in a three-week span. Man, BYU has been beaten by a grand total of 17 to 3, but lost three games though, three losses on the season. They did bounce back though with a final game November 19th at Colorado State, what was then Colorado AM in Fort Collins, winning twenty to twelve, finishing second in the conference behind Utah, but so many close calls. Think about that. Have BYU's offense not been able to Had had BYU's offense been able to find its footing, they might have had a much better record this year because seemingly the offense they had early in the season hit the skids at the midway point and really didn't come back until that win at Colorado State. And Just think about how close things might have been for the Cougars had they been able to find a little more offense in that three-game losing streak. Other notes from this season include our first All-American that I am aware of officially, and that is Vaughn Tuffy Lloyd, a 170-pound, excuse 175-pound guard. And think about that—an offensive guard these days. If you're not 300 pounds plus, you're considered small. I'm talking about a guy who's 170 pounds but his nickname was Tuffy and he ended up being the first all-American that I can find record of for BYU, a third team Associated Press All-American for his play at both guard as well as end for the Cougars. The official citation was for playing guard for BYU, but when's that All-American citation? He's also a unanimous All-Conference honoree. Also Merrill Waters a standout player, All-Conference, called by the legendary Colorado quarterback Wizard White, the, quote, "the toughest end I ever" played against, unquote. So those two-star players, speaking of Von Tuffy Lloyd, who finished out his career in 1938 in Merrill Waters, also an all-conference honoree, but cool to see the first All-American in BYU history in Von Tuffy Lloyd. And man, if your nickname's Tuffy, you got a really cool nickname, and I give my props to you other notes include uh kent soft was the starting quarterback as well as the punter and place kicker for byu and in that disappointing 3-0 loss to utah state it was the homecoming game for byu well lds church president heber j grant president of the church of jesus christ of latter day saints at that time as well as utah governor henry h blood were on hand byu's annual yearbook which they called the banyans back then actually have a pick Picture of Heber J. Grant as well as uh, Governor Blood on hand at that game. The famous beard that Heber J. Grant had, that close cropped beard. He is sitting right there in his top hat and really cool. To, it was not really a top hat, it was more of a just a kind of an overall everyday cap. Nonetheless, really cool to see all the same. And some fun things about the 1938 Cougars all the way around. We'll talk about 1939 tomorrow. We'll get into the 1940s later this week and looking forward to continuing this countdown. As I have mentioned multiple times, All the way through September when we kick off the 2021 season. Hope you guys will be along for the ride, and hope you guys are enjoying this project as much as I am enjoying researching and bringing it to you guys every day. It really is a delight. I really love digging into the historical record, reading reading old newspaper clippings, learning about different teams, these standout players. Like yesterday, I had no idea that Stan Watts, and I probably should have known this, played football for BYU in addition to becoming an uh, All-American, not an All-American, becoming a Hall of Fame coach for the BYU uh, basketball program. I had no idea that he played football for the Cougars, but something you learn every single day on this podcast as we break this down. Oh, one other note I forgot to mention on this was that in 1938, BYU actually had five legends from their original team. And I know that BYU doesn't like to talk about this. The 1896 team is not an official team according to BYU records, but there is an article that mentions five of the quarter quote unquote greats from that 1896 team at Came back to BYU for homecoming to spend time with Eddie Kimball. They said uh, their quote was, call on us, Eddie. We're still ready for a scrap. They included BJ Call, Orville Larson, Jesse LeFerve, A.D. Miller, and F.M. Cox. Call was the captain and coach of the 96 squad led BYU in their debut. They did beat Utah that year, if you guys will recall, but cool to see them brought back in 1938. There's a really cool picture of them. They're now older men at that point, but still being acknowledged as members of the original BYU football program in 1896 in that 1938 reunion. Really, really cool to see. I know that Hunter Miller, the longtime producer for Cougar Sports 960, now working for the Utah Warriors, Uh, he mentioned that A.D. Miller, I believe, was his great-grandfather. So kind of cool things all the way around, the connections that still exist. Even in 1938, to programs from the late 1890s. All right, so there you go 1938 for BYU football. We'll get to 1939 tomorrow, and then we're off into the 1940s. Obviously, the outset of World War II really changed things for the Cougars. We'll talk about that in coming days, but plenty more as we continue to count you down towards the upcoming 2021 season with a look back at these seasons all the way through BYU football's history. 100 of them to be exact. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan here on a Tuesday. Harvey Longy has a new team in the NFL. BYU softball celebrates their official senior day with a flourish. We'll talk about all of that here in just a minute. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online, folks. It is once again the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The NBA playoffs will be here before you know it. Also, the hockey playoffs, NHL playoffs, are on their way. They even have UFC and MMA action. No matter what you are interested, Bet Online has it for you guys. Go to their website before the next pitch and check out all that they have to offer. Great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, even new contest information that seems to come every single day. The best part. About it, It's free to sign up at betonline.ag. You also can uh, take advantage of a special offer they're giving to our listeners, a 50% welcome bonus. When you make your first deposit at betonline.ag, all you got to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON, and they'll add 50% of whatever you deposit into your account. It is free money to bet with. Think about that. Free money courtesy of an online sportsbook. That's all courtesy of BetOnline, as they are your online sportsbook experts. You guys know what we like to do in the final segment of the podcast each day and it is catching you guys up on all the BYU sports news you need to know about that we haven't touched on quite yet. Let's start off on the recruiting front for BYU football. Congratulations to Snow College defensive back Keontae Scott. He received an offer from Gennaro Guilford yesterday. Scott is in his first year playing for Snow College. He's a 2020 graduate of Helix High School down there in the greater San Diego area. This actually be a pretty interesting pickup for BYU Were they a able to add his signature when it comes to a national letter of intent. Scott actually, funny enough, despite playing this year at Snow College, and by the way, the Badgers, if you guys aren't aware of this, they're ranked number two in the country. They're 7-0. They're playing the regular season finale this coming Saturday, looking to make it 8-0 and continue to stay in the national championship hunt. New coach Zach Erickson is a former BYU guy himself. But Keontae Scott, if he were to sign with BYU, would actually still have essentially the full career of a regular college player, despite going the JUCO route. The rules, how they are this year, it's a free year at the JUCO ranks as well as at the FBS ranks. So if he were to sign with BYU, he would have five years to play four, despite playing that year at junior college, Wisnell College. He's got great size for his position, six foot two, 190 pounds. I think it would actually be a very, very savvy pickup for BYU were they to be able to add his signature. We'll keep you updated on this, see if we can chase him down for an interview at some point down the road. But congratulations to Keontae Scott on that offer. Also, another former Cougar getting his next opportunity in the NFL, and it's going back where he started. That is former BYU linebacker Harvey Longy signing a one-year deal with the New England Patriots. They were the team that signed him as a priority free agent after the NFL draft. Many of you will recall he had that horrific car accident with his wife shortly after going to New England, spent the year on injured reserve, and then joined the New York Jets where he's been for the majority of the past three seasons. Nine starts in that time with the Jets, has 70 total tackles, 76 total tackles for the Jets over the last two years. A career-best 60 tackles last year, adding a fumble recovery as well as a pass deflection on that. So hopefully he has another good season. He'll be teaming back up with former BYU linebacker Kyle Van Noy as well there in New England. And best of luck to Harvey Longy as he rejoins the New England Patriots. Kind of funny to end up back where you started when it comes to the NFL and hopefully he has the type of season he thinks can get his next contract, maybe a longer-term one, coming up in 2022. All right, other news and notes for you guys today include Andrew Pintar. He was named the UCU WCC Player of the Week and one of Collegiate Baseball's National Players of the Week for his big week last week for the BYU Baseball program. Congratulations to him. Uh, Arisa Paulson hit career strikeout number 400 in BYU's doubleheader sweep of Dixie State on Senior Day yesterday. BYU is seven home runs away this season from the program record for home runs in a season. They're number 6 nationally in home runs overall. So they're just absolutely crushing it when it comes to the softball program. They will have games, I believe, against Utah State today before wrapping up things with an unofficial senior day, a blue and white scrimmage on Friday, if Cougar fans want to go out and watch that at Gale Miller Field. One other note for you guys before we go here is that BYU also picked up another Player of the Week award, Hannah Jo Peterson, her second straight Player of the Week award from the West Coast Conference for her efforts for the softball program last week. A lot of good things going on for BYU sports, let's put it that way right now. And congratulations to all those Cougars who earned those honors earlier this week all right that is going to do it here on a tuesday make sure to follow the show on social media facebook instagram or twitter search out locked on cougars make sure to email the show as well locked on byu at gmail.com or you can follow my personal twitter feed at jacob c hatch if you so desire or if you haven't already i'd love to have you guys be along for the ride nonetheless i hope you guys all have a great tuesday whenever you hear this this has been the locked on cougars podcast for may 11th, 2021 and we will talk to you guys tomorrow